Thanks, Wesley. And we are so glad that you've been able to be here today to enjoy the time that we have been spending with one another just doing family things. You know, families get together and they sit around a table with one another, they share a meal, they laugh, they joke, they, they make memories together, and that's what we've been doing. You've made memories today with the uh, Klein family who are here to celebrate with their son. You've made memories with our seniors as their families are here celebrating what is a fantastic accomplishment. And it's just been great to be able to be here and to be a part of it. And I've got to admit that with all the transitions that are taking place, with all the different things that are happening with our church family, with all the graduating and the marriages that are going on and the new jobs that people are starting and the old jobs that people are quitting, Man, there's just so many things that are happening that we need to be able to talk about some wisdom and to share some stuff with one another. And I have to admit that it's a little stressful for me because I don't really know what's best to share. Because this time is very important and I don't want to drop the ball and I don't want to mess things up, especially for our high school seniors since they know everything already. I really don't know what else it is I can say. And on top of all that, I read this week that the, the average human attention span is now shorter than a goldfish's. Yeah. So even if I came up with something really pithy and great to share, you'll miss it anyway. It's not going to matter. I mean, you're like gone, you know? And so I decided I'm going to ask for a little help this week, and you're going to see what I mean here in just, in just a few minutes. Last Sunday, I shared that we don't always know where we're going. Our, our high school graduates, they've got all these plans, and they've got their future out in front of them, but they really don't know where they're going. Can I get an oh yeah from some of you with gray hair out there, right? They don't know where they're going yet, and I heard from a lot of you this past week that said you're living this truth. I mean, you're making plans for the future, but you're confused about what to do today, and you're stuck with a job that's just stealing all of your joy. You're looking for other things to do, but just can't find anything else right now. You're planning to move, or are you? <laughs> You're not really for sure. You're struggling to take care of your extended family. You're planning a family, but God's timetable and schedule is different from yours. So where are you going to go, and what are you going to do? And you, you just don't know. And so last week we were reminded that, you know, where God guides, God provides. It's okay if you don't know. It's okay if you're unsure. Guys, it's okay if you have to change your major once twice, five times, it's all right. You can do that and survive. It's all right. Where God guides, God provides. Because our faith is in God, not in a life map. Let me say that again. Our faith is in God, not in a life map. So it's okay if our path is rocky sometimes and if our destination is unclear. And the good thing is, we don't have to go through this life alone. You see, you guys are not heading out to college by yourself, and some of you, your moms are going with you. You don't realize that, but uh, you're going to get to school and find out mom moved in next door. Just wait, you're going to love it. Uh, but but you're, not, you're not alone when you go off to college. You're not going to be alone in your new job, and you're not going to be alone in your marriage. Wherever it is that you are going, God is already there. And God is already preparing that place and he has been preparing you. So here's what I want you to do. Make sure you look for him. Look for God. Wherever it is that you are headed, wherever your next step in life is going to be, you look for God. Don't miss him because you became so focused on deadlines and classes and projects and relationships. So last weekend, I told you that really the most important thing you can do when, when you leave this place, whether it's leaving 
for college or, or leaving college for a, a new job or just moving because well, that's what you feel like you need to do. The most important thing you can do is, is to find and align yourself with a community of God watchers. Men and women who are spending their life and time constantly looking out for God. I want to expand on that just for a couple of minutes here and speak to our high school seniors for a minute. Guys, when you leave for college here in the next couple of months, make sure you seek out a community that has your soul's best interest at heart. You're going to be, you're going to be courted by a lot of different groups. And you're going to have opportunities that promise connection and that promise belonging. But only a faith community, only a faith community, only a church is going to be concerned whether or not you, you're in heaven. They're only going to be concerned about the relationship that you have with God. So I want you to zero in on a welcoming church. And not just any church, but a church that has some gray hairs in it. A church that's got some wisdom. A church that has individuals who have been there and done that. They bought the t-shirt. It aged in their drawer. It's got holes in it, but they wear it anyway. You need to find people like that and take advantage of the opportunity of spending time with those who are just older and those who have a lot to share. And guys, for those of you who are older here at East Brainerd, as God draws more and more of the younger generation into our midst, can I encourage you not to abandon them? Don't walk out the back door of our church family as they are walking in the front. Because while it is unwise for the younger generation to seek to isolate themselves with only the Instagram and the TikTok crowds, it is wrong for those of us who are older to seek the comfort of our church heritage over the opportunity to build God-centered relationships with the next generation. Because we're in this together. We're all in this together, so you can be singing that in your head now for the rest of the time. You know, as you read through Scripture, the generations are always on God's mind, always front and center. When Moses taught the covenant commands to Israel, it was with explicit instructions to impress them on your children. He said, repeat them again and again and again. At the ending of Psalm 22, it speaks of a time when all the nations will turn to the Lord and the last verses read, our children will also serve him. Future generations will hear about the wonders of the Lord. His righteous acts will be told to those who are not yet born. They are going to hear about everything that he has done. See, there's a, there's a dusty old writing in your Bible. Since, since God is so concerned about the generations, I want to focus in on one that, that you don't see a lot. You don't talk about a lot. There, there's this place in your Bible attributed to the prophet Zechariah. And there is a gem that's packed away in there in its pages that I want you to see before you go. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Zechariah, he was born in Babylonia near the end of the 400-year-plus exile of the Israelite people, some 500 years before the time of Christ. And God used him to encourage the Israelite generation that was returning to Jerusalem, to their homeland of their ancestors, in order to rebuild the temple. And while the immediate context of his message deals with the restoration of Israel after this exile, chapter 8 talks about a time when God is present within a community, certain things happen. And when God dwells within the people, it describes these are certain acts that God will accomplish within the midst of the people. And I just want to, I just want to focus you in here on, on one of 
a number of stunning things that God promises to do there in chapter 8. In the pages of Zechariah, we find that a community that is centered on God is not inhibited by generational walls. He says in chapter 8, verse 4, Once again, old men and women will walk Jerusalem streets with their canes, and they will sit together in the city squares. And the streets of the city will be filled with boys and girls at play. Guys, there is a curious pattern that's emerging in churches today. Across every denominational spectrum, multi-generational churches, they're going the way of the dinosaur. Churches are either growing older or they're growing younger, but they're not necessarily growing together. And it's worth noting that the first division that God heals when he moves into town, according to Zechariah, is not between classes or races or genders, but it's between the generations. It's old and young, because under the reign of God, each blesses the other. The older sitting in the streets, and the children are playing at their feet. The old are not scolding the young, and the young are not mocking the old. Each is enjoying the presence of the other. Each lives in the shelter of the other. And guys, this is so needed. Man, this is needed within our culture, within our communities. Because more than any other time in your life, individuals are turning away from Christianity. And those who are turning away in greatest numbers are our children. One out of every four individuals of my generation have no church affiliation. Right? And then you can look on the screen and you see that the next generation, four out of every ten individuals who are aged 25 to 40 have no church affiliation. And then you get down to Generation Z, our high school seniors, those who were born between the years 1997 and 2012. This is the least religious generation of all, with 54% claiming no church affiliation. More than any other generation before them, Gen Z does not assert any type of religious identity. And according to research by the Barner Group, they are twice as likely as the adult population in the United States to identify as atheist or agnostic. Most of them believe that church attendance is unimportant. Only 39% consider spirituality important. And 74% agree that what is morally right and wrong changes over time based on society. And 65% of the generation believes that there is no one true religious faith. That's what's happening around us. It's why I'm encouraging these young men and women that when they leave this place to, to go and to find a group of God watchers, individuals who are going to encourage them to keep their eyes on the God who loves them and who created them and is guiding them and is providing for them. Understand as a church, because the overwhelming majority of the people who do not know Christ as their Savior is under the age of 50, it can at times appear that churches are just focused and, and, and they are unequally focused when it comes to their time and attention and effort and strategy and programming on young people to the neglect of older members of a congregation. Our leadership has heard that before. Now, I want you to understand that at no time have I or any of our church's leadership or our staff intentionally been uncaring or unconcerned about anyone who considers themselves to be older here at East Brainerd. Our attention has not been focused on age, as some might have claimed, but on connection. Or I guess more specifically, those without connection. See, the fact is, Older members of our society and older members within our churches are not walking away from Jesus. It's our young parents. It's our young singles. It's our college students. 
It's our high school students. It's our teenagers. They're the ones who in record numbers are saying no to Christianity. They're a part of the almost 80 million people in the United States under the age of 50 who have no connection at all to Jesus Christ. And so friends, I want you to know that we have and we will continue to intentionally focus our resources and our ministry toward those who are most at risk of a godless eternity. And we make no apologies about that. In fact, I would say that a church community that, that is not hyper-focused on helping to connect the younger generations to Jesus Christ are derelict in their gospel mandate. We've been called to seek the lost, not coddle the found. And we need both old and young to come and to partner together in order to bring as many people as possible into a life-restoring relationship to Jesus Christ. And so when God is at the center of his people, then generational walls break down, and young and old do life together, and it's a sign that God is among them. And it's why that before you go, seniors, I want you to hear from somebody besides me. I want you to hear from some young, and I want you to hear from some old. I've asked that, that Will and Kristen come back and, and join us. Will, Will Clark, Kristen Adair, they, as they mentioned, are our youth ministry team, and they have been with us now for about a year, and these guys have been doing an awesome job. I'm so thankful to have them with us on our staff. Appreciate the way you guys are pouring into the kids. And you guys didn't graduate from college that long ago. You didn't graduate from high school that long ago. You were, you were these guys, right? Um, and, and so I want, I, want, I want our group to hear from you. And I also want our group to hear from Mr. Paul and Ms. Fran Rowland, if you guys wouldn't mind coming up at this time as well. I'm not going to ask how long it's been since you graduated from high school. How, how long, Mr. Paul? 60 years. For you, not for Miss Fran. No. No, I'm not going to tell Miss Fran. I'm just glad he married young. What I've asked, I just want for, I want for our high school students, I want for our, our current college students, I want for you guys to be able to hear just some, some wisdom from some people who said, man, just a few years ago, it would have been great to have known what? Or, or now that I've been through college, I've gotten out, here is what I would love to tell you that are going. And, and then to be able to hear from, from those who've got some silver in their hair, hey, look, here, here's what you need to, to know is important, Right? So let me start with, uh, with you guys. Kristen, let, let's start with you. Well, what is it? And I know you get, you get to talk to these kids all the time. But I ask you just to think of one, maybe two things that it's like, man, before you guys go, here's some wisdom I want you to know. What would you like to share with them? So I'll just look towards you because most of you are over here. Um, my piece of advice that I want to give to you guys is to get out of your comfort zone when you go to school. And I know you already kind of will be because you get there, there's going to be so many new experiences, new things, new people. And I know a lot of it probably already will be out of your comfort zone. But when I look back um, on my years in college, especially when I first started, some of the things I regret is that there are a lot of like new things that I missed out on because I thought it was going to be too awkward. Um, there are people that I waited till like junior year of college to talk to because I just had this fear that they weren't going to like me or I assumed that like I wasn't cool enough to talk to them. And then I talked to them my junior year of college and they were amazing and I was like, I can't believe I missed out on knowing these people 
this many years, all these kinds of things that I feel like my fear of being uncomfortable, my fear of not being in control kept me from a lot of great things. Also, um, spiritually, I feel like there are a lot of ways that I missed out on letting God use me because I didn't want to get out of my comfort zone. Um, looking back, I think there's a lot of experience where I feel, experiences where I feel like God set up this beautiful way for me to be able to talk about him or serve him, but I was too terrified of being uncomfortable, of something awkward happening, and of something embarrassing happening. But since school, something that I've thought about a lot and something that I felt like God has shown me a lot is that if you look through scripture, nothing really happened without people being able to get out of their comfort zones. Whenever God used people in the most powerful ways, he used them in ways where it wasn't something they probably would have picked out for themselves or something that nobody would like naturally think would be a fun, comfortable thing that God really thrives in using you when you let him lead you outside of where you're comfortable. And that's because as soon as you step out of your comfort zone, you have no choice but to start leaning on God instead of yourself. You have no choice but to start giving him space to be in control and to start showing you what he can do. So I just, I don't want you guys to miss out on the amazing opportunities God can use you for because you're afraid of the uncomfortableness or the scariness of it. Like, let God give you those amazing, powerful, wonderful experiences that we read about in scripture by letting him lead you away from the comfortable and the easy. That's my perspective. And we heard about all of the new experiences and journeys that God is going to take this group on. I mean, we've got people going to Washington, D.C. We're going to Michigan. We're heading to, um, what, Kentucky. We're going to that mission field known as Knoxville. And so that's going to be... Um, that's going to be, um, you know, awesome opportunities for, you know, for these guys. But no, great stuff to, to be able to get out of that comfort zone because God will do things that will just scare you to death. And he'll put you in situations, like you said, where you have to lean on him. Will, what do you got? Two quick things. Um, the first thing that I wish I had known, the piece of advice that I wish I had, is everything gets really quiet at like 2 or 3 in the morning. Um, so if you're like me, and cannot sit down and do work throughout the day because there's people all around and you want to hang out with them and you just can't focus. At like 2 to 3 a.m., your parents might not like that I told you this, but at like 2 to 3 a.m., everything stops. Like nobody's posting something new on Instagram. There's no good TV on. Like all the sports are done for the day. Just like it's quiet and it's wonderful. And that's when I do my best work. I could sit down and grind for three or four hours at, you know, two, three in the morning. But more importantly, um, the thing that I wish I would have known is that I'm never, and you are never too far gone for God's grace. Um, I spent so much of my life um, just believing that God couldn't love me because of my sins and my past and my mistakes and... And it wasn't until I really listened to the parable of the lost sheep that it finally clicked with me. And, and essentially, Jesus tells this parable. He says, the shepherd has a hundred sheep, and one of them gets lost. Right? And I love that, that there's no, like, oh, he just wandered off, or oh, he stayed where he was, and the herd kept moving. Like, we don't know why he wasn't with the herd. He wasn't with the shepherd anymore. Um, we just know that he wasn't there. Um, 
and Jesus says the good shepherd leaves the 99 in the field and, and chases after and goes and finds the one that got away. And I felt so much like that one sheep for so many different reasons. Um, and I wish I would have known like so many years sooner that, that I wasn't too far gone. And you aren't either. It's great to know that we are that one, right? It's a good thing. We are that one. And as you know, Steve Kahn told, uh, told you guys earlier, you guys always have a home here. You know, this is your home. And we, we look forward when you come back, we look forward to hear all of your stories. And uh, no, matter, no matter where it is that life takes you, you are always at home here. And this is another place that can be your centering location that need to be to be reminded that, you know what, God still loves you. We still love you. Awesome. Now, it's important to be able to listen to you guys. But I told you guys earlier, I said, now look, really the stars of today were going to be the Rollins, right? I told you, I said, keep it short because we really want to hear from Mr. Paul and, and Miss Fran. Now, we want to be able to hear from multiple generations here to kind of see the wisdom that comes from, from life. So, so Miss Fran, what's been on your mind since I um, talked to you Wednesday night? And turn that over. <laughs> Well, is that right? That's right. Yes, ma'am. I mentioned to Chris that maybe I needed about 35 minutes to talk to you, but he turned pale, so I decided not to do that, especially after I saw that fish. Mm -hmm. What I want to say, seniors, is I'm so proud of you. We all are so proud of you. I don't know how you got this big this soon, and I hope you'll be patient with your parents. They're having a hard time with this. Your family loves you. We love you. This church loves you. They've seen you grow up since you were little. They've taught you so much, and you've taught them so much. We're so proud of you. We all love you, and we think you're wonderful. But the most important thing is, God thinks you're wonderful. It starts in Genesis. God created this whole world and he created you. Just think about that. I hope you'll think about it every day. The suns and the moons and the galaxies and the oceans and the rivers and the animals and you. You were the crowning work of his creation. He loves you more than we can imagine wherever you are in Michigan. In Timbuktu, wherever you are. He loves you more than anything in the world. You are the one and only person like you in this whole world that has ever been or that will ever be. You are unique and he loves you mindlessly. Loves you enough that he gave his son for you. Uh, so you don't have to worry about guilt or sins. They're all taken care of. Don't worry. He will take care of you always. He will be with you till the end of the world. He loves you with an everlasting love. He will forgive you 10 millions of times. So I hope you will find a community of people like this one who believes in God, the Father, and Jesus, the Son. And I hope you will, I hope they love people your age. Find somebody that loves people your age because you are a wonderful influence for God. And I, I will pray for you. Our whole church will pray for you every day. And 
I hope you'll come back to see us. This is your home. These people out here will always help you. Or maybe you'll just need some homemade cookies. But come home and see us sometime. We will miss you. Second thing I want to tell you is have fun. There's nothing like college or wherever you're going. I hope you'll have fun. God made this world for you. All the beautiful, wonderful gifts. He made those for you and he wants you to enjoy them. It's through the whole Bible. So I hope you'll have fun. The best way you can have fun is to have friends who have your same values, your faith in God. And there's so many things for you to do. I'm excited for you. Don't worry if you don't know what you want to do. You're only 18, 19, 20. Probably none of us knew what we wanted to do at that age either. But God will help you. He will help you through your troubles. He will help you through your successes and celebrate with you. And he will always forgive you. He will show you where you should be. He created works for you before the beginning of the world. And he will help you figure out how to be the person that he wants you to be. So as you go away from us, we will be sad and happy. And we know all of you, we've known you since you were little bitty, we've known that you will grow up to be a lovely force for God in the world. We love you, and we ask you every day to go with God. It's like a good warm hug right there, don't you think? Isn't that a good warm hug? Mr. Paul, what would you like to share? I start off by saying, uh, take to heart what Fran has said. <laughs> Fran, <laughs> Fran, Fran is the mother and the person who speaks from the heart. I'm, I'm the daddy and more analytical. Uh, but I've got some things that I'd like to pass on. Um, what Chris said also is really true. Search out a group of people that are Christians. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you a story uh, coming from a dad's heart. Um, you know, we've had four children. We're into our second generation of uh, kids going off to college. We've had four, and some have struggled when they've gotten there. And one in, in particular, I think I've uh, struggled and um, until he found a Christian student center that he, could, that he could be part of. And it made all the difference. You know, I, I would say from a, a little further away point of view, be careful and be choosy about who your friends are. You may not find a Christian student center, but find uh, friends that are Christians. And you can do that. Find a church. And I second, find a church with a, a, an age range in it. 
so, so that you'll feel part of a family uh, and sort of, sort of like here. Avoid drugs. Don't ever do the first one. I'm, I'm telling you from parents that worried, have worried about kids and what kids might get into, uh, your parents worry about things like that. Just make up your mind. You can do that. Just make up your mind. I, I'm not going to do the first one. I'm just going to say no the first time somebody presents that to me, and they will, and they will. Write, text, or call your mother once a week, <laughs> at least. Now, that's easier to do today because most, most everybody has a phone. The call is better than the text uh, so, that, so that she can hear your voice and, the mo and your mother can tell how things are going with you by hearing your voice. When I, when I went off to school, uh, phones were relatively expensive. I think it, you paid 25 cents for the first three minutes and then, you know, 25 cents for each three minutes after that. Well, I only had $5 a week spending money to begin with. So I wrote a lot of letters. And I can tell you mothers like to get letters too. So contact your mother or your parents, your dad, once a week. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do that will stop God loving you. There's nothing you can do that will stop this church family loving you. Just remember that. You've got your family. You've got friends back here in Chattanooga. You've got this big church family, and, and we're all pulling for you. And, and we all will help you any way we can. Just always remember that. I tried to think, how would I get it down to something really practical? That, that's the way my mind works anyway. It used to be when uh, a, a kid would go out, say, on a date or something, and a parent would give them a, a folded up $20 bill, and on the, on the $20 bill would be perhaps a phone, a, a phone number written, you know. And, so to make it real, I just had this idea. Take a little card, something that won't fall out of your billfold but won't be so big that you'll throw it away one day, and write three phone numbers on it. You can pick the three. And they'll be the three that if you really get into trouble or if you really have a deep need sometime, that you can pull it out and say, I know this person or this person or this person will try to help me. So, so help is always available. And I've got a, I got a call like that once, I tell you. I've, I've done something terrible. And uh, I was blessed to be able to help this person work through it. But they, but they did call. If you don't call, you're not going to get the help. So that's, that's my practical suggestion to you. Mr. Paul, I thought you were going to give everybody $20. <laughs> I was... Um...
<laughs> Guys, you know, in a culture that daily just keeps on widening that generational gap, the community of God is to be a place that celebrates the coming together of all ages. And that's what we've tried to do here this morning together, young and old being a blessing to each other. Scripture talks about how that the the young learn from, from those who are older, and those who are older are to be sharing that wisdom. And how that the young, they share their passion and their energy and their enthusiasm and their energetic faith. And that's exactly what takes place when everyone's eyes are watching after God. What we want to do as we um, close out everything this time this morning, I'm going to ask all the high school seniors to one more time, I want you to come up here to the front. I want you to come back up here to the front. And, and here's what we're going to do. I want to ask those of you who have some gray hair. I would like for those of you who have some gray hair, those of you who are over 50, if you are physically able, I would like for you to come forward this morning and surround this group of young people. And we're going to have a prayer for them. So if you've got some gray hair, or if you're a parent and would like to come and to be here, you come right ahead. And we're going to surround these young people, remind them of the love that, that they have here at East Brainerd. Mr. Paul, Mr. Paul. <laughs> yeah, come on down. Would you say that? Let all the gray-haired people get down here. <laughs> now, I wanted to do this because I want, our, I want our teenagers, not just those who are graduating, but also those who are sitting in the pews, and I want our college students and our young marrieds that are here. I want you to see this great crowd of, of faith that's present and understand the the journey that all these people have been on, and the love that they have for all of the young people here. As I mentioned, we're losing young people when it comes to those who are turning to faith. And at East Brainerd, we're trying to do what we can to stick our finger in that hole, and we're trying to, to stop that slide. And these are individuals who, through prayer and through action, are doing what they can to remind others to turn to Jesus. Why don't we have a prayer for our high school graduates? you've given us here at East Brainerd, how wonderful it is to be a part of it. Father, what wonderful young people you've put in this family, young people that we're proud of and that we pray your continued blessings on, that each one would feel that you're walking hand in hand with them as, as they go forward uh, in life, wherever they go. And Father, thank you for uh, all the people with gray hair or no hair, perhaps still black hair, but old in years, Father. Thank you for the grandparents and the parents um, that we have in this congregation. And Father, thank you for all the people in between, uh, the parents of these kids and uh, the people that that work 
that work and work so hard and uh, help make this congregation the wonderful congregation that it is. And today, Father, we're especially focused on the graduating seniors, and we just pray a special blessing from you. As I said, that, that uh, you'll reach down and take the hand of each one uh, of these young people, Father, and bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. As everybody's making their way back over to their, to their seat, just as these seniors have all been surrounded by the love of this congregation, we want to make sure that we all are given the opportunity to be reminded how that God surrounds us with his love. And maybe as you've seen the expression of love here this morning, it's reminded you of your need for a family. And maybe you need to come before this family saying, I would love to be a part of this. You saw Preston be baptized earlier this morning and you said, that's what I, would, that's what I need in my life. That, that's the decision that I need to make. We want to give you that opportunity. And we want you to know that one of our elders is in the back uh, in our prayer room, in our lobby. If you'd like to just have a time of private prayer, of conversation. We'd love for you to go and take advantage of that opportunity. Or, or again, maybe you just need to come before this church body and say, you know what, I, I, I've been the one that's kind of been afraid to, to plug in. I, I've been the one that felt like I'd wandered too far away. But today I'm coming home because I want to be with the family of God. Whatever your need might be, we're going to sing and celebrate how that God surrounds us all. Whether we are here, whether we are there, God is always present. Will you stand with me as we praise God together? Come if you need to.